1: Welcome to Breakfast Ball. I'm Ben Charleston, joined, as always, by Ryan Hannibal. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing good, Ben. How are you? I'm good. So, week two of live golf was last weekend, and another exciting tournament, I must say. Another uh, exciting finish on a Sunday. Worked
0: out well, with the rain delay, I got to go out for a nice Father's Day dinner and then uh, came back and, and watched the uh, the end of golf. And you're right, it was it was good. Tons of guys at the top of the leaderboard, a lot of guys in contention on that back nine. And, you know, Webb Simpson, who a lot of people picked, actually, going into the week, came out on top. And, again, like you said, it was a good week to come back. You know, the tour was back, but also you had, you know, an exciting finish with a number of the top guys, you know, competing on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and a lot of them shooting very, very low on, on Sunday, even at that tournament, it's I guess usually kind of a for a PGA tour, I guess a, a little bit easier course. Yeah, so so I'm not surprised, but are you a fan of like those type of tournaments where guys are shooting eight under and shooting minus 20 on overall? Not not
0: really, like I prefer, like I don't like the I mean, I do like the US Opens for just for the US Open where it's just battle to make par. But I also want, like, the swings. Like, I want, you know, the chance to be there for a guy to make bogey and a guy make birdie, and you have a two-shot swing and a hole, and, you know, that was hard to have, you know, last week at Harvard Town because of how easy the course was. And I guess, you know, I like to see some birdies, but I don't, I'm not really a huge fan of the final score being, you know, in, in the 20s. Like, I, you know, around 10's fine for me. Like, if you go out and shoot, you know, in the high 60s all four days, that's good enough for me. But when once you get into the the 20s that's you know not as enjoyable as from as it and i mean i'm not complaining but i just prefer the other stuff
1: yeah i'm a similar way like yeah if i can get yeah minus 12 something like that where where it seems like guys you know they play solid golf every single day but if you shoot you know minus two minus three you're not out of it on on a single day because when you're shooting yeah like minus eight minus seven every day if you have a an average day for some of these golfers even minus one you're you're basically out of it after the second day so yeah the cut so was what
0: minus four like that's i mean that's yeah. high for pj tour tournament like think about it if you have an average day you're missing the cut
1: yeah yeah and you saw with like, quite a few guys who yeah. who had decent days like nothing nothing spectacular but they weren't spraying the ball over the place they were minus two minus three and and they missed the cut so yeah minus four is is kind of high and that's that's kind of a problem too where you do kind of eliminate some good players pretty early on because of such a high um, high, high, cut line right there. And, right. and we'll, we'll probably see it again this weekend with the Travelers Championship, but we'll get to that later um, as, as we continue the podcast.
0: Yeah, again, I, I mean, I, I'm glad that golf's back. And, you know, this is – and it's also probably the case, too, is, like, we're seeing a number of these top players. We're seeing, again, this week playing in these tournaments. And maybe that's part of the reason why we're seeing such low scores. Like, and I, you know, usually you're not going to have Brooks or Rory, you know, Justin Thomas in the RBC Heritage because it's the week after the Masters. And so I think these tournaments – that normally don't get the, you know, big players playing are now playing. And that could also factor into why the scores are so high. Just be, And also, you know, this tournament was usually played in April where the weather is, you know, colder and it's not, you know, 80, 90 degrees. And, you know, you can hit the ball further. The greens mm-hmm. are more softer, blah, blah, blah. So I think there are a number of factors leading into the higher scores. And so and that could just be something that plays out over the course of the rest of the summer when, when the tour starts to get back to a, not normal, but you know, back into the new normal, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, the the different uh, weather does does change things up a little bit. And do you think not having fans with there uh, at these tournaments is helping these guys too a little bit? Where they they might not feel as much. I know we talked about it last time that yeah. it seemed like Sunday there was a little bit more pressure, but this tournament, I, I don't know. That final day, it didn't seem like there was many uh, missed shots or drop shots. It was more. Yeah, kind of I read some quotes yesterday
0: from the guys talking at the travelers, and Jordan Speed said, like, it's as easy as it's ever been to win on tour because of the pressure, like, basically saying you have no pressure on Sunday, like, it's it's great, it's easy, it's easier for a new player to win just because there's no pressure, but then to the flip side of that, like, I think people are talking about how difficult it is, or how harder it is just without the fans for, like, sight lines like Jordan Spieth was saying sometimes that he you know points to a guy behind the flag wearing an orange shirt says he's my aiming point and now they don't have that it's kind of the same thing with the grandstands they don't have that either and then like we talked about last time like balls you know that would normally just be a free drop or now it's turning into you know a 30-yard pitch shot and then also I don't think it really is coming to play much but the wayward drives like normally you have fans finding those balls and you know now they could turn into lost balls i don't think we've really had that but i'm actually surprised i thought that the lack of fans could lead to a little bit of higher scores um just because of the way that things are set up the no sight lines the easier to just throw the ball into a grandstand and get a free drop you know some of those shots could now turn into trouble so uh, i guess i'm a little surprised but to the bigger point it's easier to win without fans just because of the pressure
1: yeah, and, and hopefully we'll see that. I, I don't know if we'll see um, those, those lesser-known guys winning some of these tournaments to start out this season just because there will be so many right. top 10, top 15 guys at these tournaments, which which you're seeing. So so I think that might be a little bit of uh, an effect for some of these guys where they're not used to this. I, I get they're on the PGA Tour, but the, the same amount of competition that they're having. You know, like you said, RBC is usually after the Masters. The the Travelers, another tournament after a Major where you're, you're yeah. not usually getting uh, top 15, top 20 guys at these tournaments. So, so I think you won't be seeing as many lesser-known um, up-and-coming guys winning these tournaments. I think it is going to be a lot more of the well-established guys on tour who, who will be winning these tournaments.
0: Yeah, and I think that we'll see. I think coming up the next week's in Detroit, the Rocket Mortgage Tournament, I think this could be a week where guys take off that yeah. the top players take off because these guys can't play every single week. I mean, they've been playing for – this is their third, third straight week, and then and like we talked about, they're gearing towards August when you have all the majors. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some of these bigger names start to take off a week here and there, and maybe this starts next week. Um, so maybe that is a chance for the younger guys and newcomers to get their shot. But like you said, with all these top players playing, it's hard for a, a lesser name to jump onto the scene and you know win a tournament.
1: Yeah, well, and then, so, and at the RBC Heritage, we had our first uh, positive COVID uh, test on, was it Friday or Saturday, Nick Watney? Friday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nick Watney had to pull out of the tournament because of uh, COVID. Um, nothing, I, I I know that another, um, was it, Corey Champ came out um, this week on Tuesday, he got tested and it came out positive, so there's been a couple, but it doesn't seem like from the Watney situation, anything else has uh, spread, so... So I guess that's good, but but the, I think the big question is, if a guy's in contention, and on say Saturday night or Sunday he comes in and tests positive, are they, are they they kicking him out of the tournament? What like in a, in a major if Rory McIlroy comes in tied for the lead on Sunday but uh, tests positive for COVID, are they? Yep. They, they keeping those rules the same, or are we thinking? Uh, you know, it's it's a tough thing because just because of the way that – so
0: they do the testing before the tournament. So basically you get cleared, you know. Tuesday. They right. Do. And Watney came forward and said that, you know, he wasn't feeling great and that's why he had the, the test. So I'm wondering if, like you said, Roy McIlroy is in, you know, the top five going into Sunday and he doesn't feel great going to that Sunday morning. I can't see him going to the tour saying, like, i got to get tested. Like I just can't see that. And it's sort of like the NFL, the concussions. Like, they kind of let these things slide a little bit, depending on the player, the circumstance, you know, here and there. So it's a tough – it's sort of up to the players to police themselves in a way. And in that scenario, I find it hard to believe any player would, you know, self-report themselves. Yeah. Um, But then also, it's also up to the players to really keep safe. Like, I mean, the tour – has done a decent job of, you know, giving them a bubble and staying in the hotel, giving them on the plane. Um, but we've heard just some of the quotes after Watney's positive tests, like Sergio Garcia had the quote saying like, you know, wanting didn't deserve to test positive. Like there are plenty of other guys that deserve to test positive. I think that's saying that some of these guys on tour aren't taking it as seriously as some others. And maybe they're going out of, they're going out to restaurants. They're not wearing their masks when they probably should. So it's really up to the players themselves, I think, to police themselves, and that's kind of what it's turning into. Like, I guess they're changing things on the fly, obviously, just because it's so unknown. But it ultimately, it's up to the players.
1: Yeah. So that, I, I hope the PGA Tour, and hopefully nothing else really comes of it. Maybe if you get one positive test a week, that's uh, you don't want that, but that's better than you know having to shut down the whole tournament. But well, that's what I was saying too. Like, you know,
0: they te- they test
1: like three hundred
0: guys, including the caddies, each week. So times two weeks, one test, that positive test out of 600, you know, and then this week, so one test out of two tests out of 900, that's pretty good. I mean, I, I know it's, you don't want have any, but when you look at the percentages, like that's still pretty good. And I think that leagues, especially the tour, know you're going to get positive tests and it's just something you have to have the proper protocols in place to keep it to one person. And I think so far they're doing a good job.
1: Yeah, that's what it seems to be. And, and hopefully with, with these tests coming out, and if a couple more pop up or something, players will start doing a better job of, of policing each other. Where it's like, hey, like if we, if we reach a certain number, like you might, guys might be enjoying yourself now, but we're going back to three months of being shut down again. Like, like if, if we're not smart about this, we're, we're able to play now, but if we start getting stupid and getting lax, this this, is, this could be over for us, and, and we're sitting the what, what would
0: you say is the number that would have to cause the tour to shut a tournament down?
1: um I that's tough like like is it a number or is it
0: like a player like if it's like five players one of them's Brooks Kepka.
1: no I think it's more of a number for golf like like I could see like in the NBA if you get yeah. like two guys but it's LeBron and Kawhi and Giannis or whatever right that, that's tough for the NBA to to get over that but like golf I don't know if if Kepka or Rory went down I think you could still play. You could still play a tournament. You see it, like, in the yeah. years past. Like, like we are talking about the RBC. It's usually not a right. huge star-studded field, so you can get away with it. But I, I don't know. That'd be tough. I'd, like, 10, yeah, 20 guys, kinda, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's like, kind of what I'm thinking.
1: Because you're, you're going into a week with, what, like 120 guys, something like that? Like, yeah,
0: sometimes more, yeah.
1: So, I, I don't know. If, it, if it's a few tests, I think you can get away with it. A big name, it's not huge. But, yeah, I think if you get, like, 10 20 guys it's you probably want to shut it down just for that week just so it it doesn't spread yeah, and I'm maybe get to the right. next week but but yeah. i yeah i don't know it's, it's always tough with like thinking about how many numbers like what what would it be to shut it down but i think if you get like one couple here and there you're fine as long as you do a good job of, of finding it and um
0: which I think they did. Like, they did a good job with the Waddy thing. Like, the guys that he played with on Thursday were immediately tested, and they came back negative. So, you know, they're doing the proper things with the contact tracing, and, you know, if as long as they continue to do that, and you know, things go as they have. Like, Cameron Champ wasn't even in the tournament last week. He came from, I think, his hometown is Houston, Texas, which is obviously, you know, one of the yeah, bigger it? case states right now. So. That's probably where he contracted it. And then Graham McDowell's caddy speculated that he got it flying on a commercial flight from Texas to Orlando. Um, so that's really – both of those cases aren't really tour-related. They're, you know, on the tour, but they weren't contracted at, you know, a tour event. So that's a good sign, I guess, for, for everyone involved.
1: Yeah, and I could see that if, if this – like stuff like this kind of, kind of keeps happening where guys are going out maybe the PGA Tour is – starting to test guys on Saturday also or something and you can have like the majors throwing an extra test in there which to be honest as long as the tests are available and they're not taken away from other people I think that's fine and I think it's smart to to do that where you know if a certain amount of tests and I'm guessing they have a number in mind like we were talking about I'm guessing they have a number of, of how many players and they want to keep that going so they don't have to worry about shutting the tour down for three months which again would if you shut the PGA tour down for three months, it's it's over for the season, all the majors are gone, all the big money there's gone, and they're waiting until the spring or whenever to to restart again.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also key to note that like though I'm sure they learned from the Watney experience last week, like he, the tour got some crap for allowing him to still be at the facility on Friday when he was waiting for his test to be take to be read. And he was around, you know, other players. So maybe now the tour says there's a designated area for guys that are awaiting their, you know, test results. That they can only go to this part of the range, and it's roped off or whatever, or they're not allowed at the course at all. So they're just learn. They're, they're going to learn on the fly, just like they're learning for the the telecast, how they're going to do that. They're learning with their their protocols and how to set up tournaments, and maybe they do a better job of setting up like player dining, so that the players aren't, you know, don't feel like they have to go outside to a restaurant or maybe they give themselves like a they get go to a restaurant themselves and rope off an area just for tour people like i think there are ways that to work around this to make it safer and i think just like everything around the country the tour is learning on the fly as well
1: yeah and i think obviously certain uh, cities that they the, the tour goes to that, that'll be a big thing too because i'm guessing each state obviously has different regulations so i think that that'll be something the pga tourists to learn it's like all right South Carolina everything was open like we we gotta do a better job of making sure these guys are staying in the bubble and other places they might be more forced to stay in the hotel or stay at the course to to get food so yeah like it's gonna be each week the tour's gonna learn something I think that's gonna be true for for every sport that comes back they're gonna have to learn on the fly yeah you you can have these great safety protocols in place and all these plans in place but you're gonna have to Be willing and able to make changes as as you learn.
0: It's also uh, not good, but like they're in two of the states that are seeing increase in testing so far, Texas and South Carolina. Now they're going to Connecticut, Minnesota or Michigan, Ohio for two weeks, and Minnesota. So they're in that Midwest, and well, I guess New England this week than the Midwest, which are better off for cases. So maybe that's a good sign for the tour too. they're going to areas that cases aren't as high as where they've been in the last two weeks.
1: Yeah. So uh, hopefully there is, you know, no more positive tests or if there is, it's very limited, but, but it sounds like they're, they're learning from it. Um, and, and it looks like they're go- going forward. It, they're, they're doing a good job. So, so hopefully we won't have to see uh, golf get shut down again, but uh, this week we got the travelers championship. Like you said, going to Connecticut. So new England and, it's, it's a tournament that we'll, we'll see, again, probably high scores, like we saw at the yep. RPC's Heritage. Uh, it, it is one of those courses that players can, can kind of bully around a little bit.
0: But yeah, again, a, this is the course that Furek shot the, the 58 at, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and, again, it's another strong field. It's 10 of the top 11 t- players. Will yeah, it's the basically
0: the same thing as the last couple of weeks.
1: So so it'll it be another very uh, good tournament, and you're gonna see a lot of low scores. I'm guessing, and someone who, to be honest, I, I think might pull it out this week is Deshambo. I he's one of those guys who I, I didn't think him trying to overpower and bully the, the yeah, courses was gonna work, but I think he's been what top five the past two weeks or top. Yeah,
0: yeah I think it was th- three, third and eighth. He's been he's been right there. Yeah. And, and I kind of – I'm with you in the way that, like, his length hasn't really been able to pay off as much as the two courses they've played, and this week I think is a chance that it actually can pay off where the holes are straightaways that he can, you know, get close to the green on these par fours and, and par fives and not, you know, have a dog leg to deal with where it's not – you know, he, he can't cut a corner or, or so. So I think that this is a, a week where DeChambeau could really show off his length and it gives him probably a, a better chance to win. Um, another guy, like Patrick Cantlay, he's making his first start, you know, back on tour this year. Um, he didn't play the first two events. but I, I really like his game. I think he's one of the upcoming guys on tour. Um, he's played well at the, the tournament before. I wouldn't be surprised if he's up there on Sunday. And, you know, kind of like we talked about before, like just with all these big guys playing. You're bound to have like a Brooks Kepka, a John Rahm, a Rory Win. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is the week. I know Webb Simpson's kind of a bigger name, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is the week where we have, you know, a, a really, a really big name uh, come out on top.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, it is one of those tournaments. Again, like, like we're saying, it's usually not a huge uh, field for the top ten guys, top eleven guys, like that. So I, I would not going to be surprised if it is a. a I guess big name guy who who pulls it out this week again, which it seems to, to be doing. Um, the former winner Jordan Spieth, though, I, he seems to be just an absolute roller coaster this season. Oh,
0: so inconsistent!
1: Like, like I thought he, had, I was like, all right, he's back, he's he's figured it out, he's he's back to the old Jordan Spieth, and we're gonna see him competing with uh, you know Thomas Fowler, those guys again. But he, he was a former champion here. He he finished at like minus seventeen when he won it in a playoff. Yep. But it's just like he's one of those guys who has won Masters. He's was uh, top of the world for, for a few years and just can't seem to figure it out. I, I wonder if this is this is a tournament he seems to do well at more often than not. So uh, it will be interesting to see if, if he has finally figured out the a more consistent game because because you had hopes last so. weekend. I mean, he had a good good week
0: at Colonial. I think it was top ten, and then he goes out on uh, what was it Thursday RBC. She has like a triple bogey to start, but then has six straight birdies on the back nine to get it back into contention. And then he didn't have a great weekend. So it's just so inconsistent. I'm sure it's frustrating for him, you know, because clearly if you have six straight birdies, something's working. Yeah. He had a top 10 finish, you know, the first week back. So he's there, but it's just the, the lack of consistency. And maybe, like you said, this is a good week for him to get that back and to have good feelings at this tournament. Um, so, you know, I'm a big Jordan Spieth fan. I'd like to see him back, you know, in the winner's circle, but it's, it's a tough follow because the highs and the lows, you go from making triple bogeys to six straight birdies. It's just, it's, I'm sure it's even harder for him. I mean, it, it, clearly the, the game's there. It's just trying to put it all together on a consistent basis. That's just so hard for him right now.
1: Yeah. And if you see him figure it out, it, it would be great. It's just great for the game to have the more good players on the tour, the better. And, and he's such oh, a different... Such a different type of player than a lot of the guys now. Like you know, Thomas, McIlroy, Deschambo Kepkar, just these monster uh, drivers of the ball, and they hit everything so far. And, and Speed isn't that guy anymore. He's, or he never was that guy. But he's you know yeah. like more like a Webb Simpson, where he, he hits it, he hits it in the fair on the tee, makes a nice approach shot, and he, he puts. So right, it, it's nice to see different uh, types of. Uh, style of play out there and, and th- yeah. that's great about having him there he, he was winning when he wasn't the longest guy out there he, he didn't drive the ball 350 every single time so right it, it's nice to have those type of guys on tour where it's no longer or not just hit it as far as you can uh overpower the golf course it's it's a strategy game with some of these guys too
0: It'd also be good too, just because he's so friendly with those guys, like the the JTs, the the. He's a friendly guy. Like just to have, like, let's imagine Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth in the final group of a of a major on Sunday. That'd be entertaining. I think they would have some fun with it, or as much as you could at a major. And I think that'd be good for the sport to have you know guys that grew up playing golf together that are close friends off the course competing you know in the final round of of a of a tournament on Sunday. Yeah,
1: that'd be great. Yeah, Thomas Fowler. A uh, guy yeah who who grew up playing yeah if you see something like that it's, it's a different experience on a on a Sunday major where you know maybe they they're giving themselves a little bit harder time and right getting a little bit more after each other so it'd be a di- different different experience to to see them out there together but yeah like I, I, it it seems like everyone or most of the guys haven't really felt the rust from from the layoff and which is good for the tour you're seeing a good golf um a lot of exciting finishes, a lot of exciting rounds. So, so it's been great so far for the PJ Tour for two weeks, and hopefully they continue on this third week.
0: Yeah, it'll only get better with the as the, the tournaments grow. I mean, I know Travelers is a bigger tournament up here, and probably not nationally. And then you know they go to the Midwest, but then you have you know Jack's tournament at the Memorial, and then you get the WGC at the FedEx, and and. Memphis, I think. Then you get the PGA Championship. So we're basically a month away from the first major. So things are starting to really amp up, and I think players are getting used to everything, and everybody's getting used to things so that they can be sort of at their peak, you know, come early August for the PGA.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for uh, Tiger to make his his first appearance. I think that will be big, but we'll obviously talk about that when when uh, he he plans that. And and uh, real quick before we wrap up, the PGA Championship announced that it will be at Harding Park, no fans, yeah. any of that surprising?
0: No, not at all. I mean, I I would like to have fans, but it's just – it probably wasn't going to happen. I know California is pretty strict out there with their rules and whatever. Like, I think we're getting 8,000 fans at the Memorial in Ohio um, in a couple of weeks. So, like, that's a sign that fans could be coming back. But it's probably going to depend on the state and – each state where they're at and then also probably how that first tournament with fans goes does, does it go well does it doesn't go well um i don't i don't know how many tournaments will actually have fans for the rest of the year it's probably just maybe just a few here and there um and they still have golf so i guess that's really all that matters and if, it, if having fans is going to potentially impact not having golf down the road it's probably not worth it i still think you can have you know 8000 fans spread out over the course i think that's fine but for the majors like that, being in California, I'm not surprised, and I would not be surprised if the U.S. Open in New York doesn't have fans either. That's probably tough. That'll be tough to have as well.
1: Yeah, it'll be it definitely be interesting. Like we were talking about earlier, it'll be uh, learn uh, from the experience for for the PGA with that first term with 8,000 fans because, you know, the you can social distance with that many people, but we'll see. They're going to probably have to have, you know, like let's just you know, say Tiger force Tiger. telling them like, Hey, yeah. If it, yeah. If Tiger's there, like you're saying, everyone's going to be on that hole. It's like, all right, right you, you got a social distance. Like you, you might right. not be able to see the guy you want, but right. So, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And I, I hope it goes well and, and other places can start having fans. And that'd be great to see back in, in golf. But yeah, like uh, if, if it's golf and no fans, I, I'll take the golf compared to trying to force fans there and, and cause more problems.
0: Absolutely. But like you said before, just good to have golf back and
1: things are going great so far. All right. Well, let's enjoy the travelers championship this weekend. I'll talk to you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s. Only at
0: T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month. with Eligible trade in when you switch